In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Ty Crandall about using business lines of credit to grow your e-commerce business. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 13. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the podcast that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their business. I'm your host, Charles Pulaski. I'm here today with Ty Crandall. Ty is a business credit expert. With over 16 years of financial experience, Ty is recognized as an authority in business credit building, business credit scoring, and business credit repair. So Ty, I want to bring you on the show today to talk to you a bit about using lines of credit in e-commerce. How are you doing today? Yeah, good, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. So I want to kind of jump right in and see kind of, you know, talk about some ways on first, what is, you know, business credit, and then second, how we can kind of use it to help uh, grow and finance a um, expanding e-commerce business. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a couple things, you know, when, when I talk about getting financing or I refer to it as capital, basically any kind of money you can get as a business, there's a couple different avenues you really want to focus on. You know, one is the business credit, the corporate credit side, which really has to do with credit cards, right? Visa cards, MasterCards, American Express, Dell, Apple, et cetera. Uh, you know, and a lot of these credit cards don't require manual reviews or manual underwriting. It's just one of those, if you meet the requirements, you get automated approvals for 20, 30, 40, $50,000 plus. Um, individual credit cards and lines. And then I look at the other side of it as the business financing, everything that's left. These are loans and these are credit lines that are through alternative lenders and SBA, et cetera. Um, so there's a couple different avenues you can go. The problem is, is that loans and lines and those, a lot of people know the difficulties, especially at e-commerce of getting approved with a lot of those, because a lot of the industries that we're in, in e-commerce, even where I am, financial services, is considered to be high risk. So we face more scrutiny, we have more difficulty accessing capital, et cetera. So the first thing to know is that you know, business credit, you don't have that scrutiny. There's not industry restrictions. You know, you're not going to not be able to get approved because you're an e-commerce business. It's the same as we don't not get approved because we're in financial services. Um, so anybody can get this, even if you're just starting the business, even if you're just going to be starting the business after you listen to the show tomorrow, you still can get involved and access capital. You don't have to provide tax returns and bank statements. So it's no doc. You don't need collateral that's required for SBA loans. You don't need to have good credit that's required for a lot of term loans, et cetera, that's out there. With business credit, as long as you have a business, you can start obtaining credit pretty quickly. And then you can use a lot of that credit to fuel and fund the business um, and get quite a bit of it within even a matter of a few months. Hmm. Okay. So when you say business credit, you're talking about specifically not, not assigning your particular social to it, to put it under the business's name and to make it you know, a business. Yeah, I mean, Charles, you hit the nail on the head. You know, you're, you're familiar with consumer credit, right? You have a social security number, you give somebody your social, they pull your credit. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that businesses are exactly the same way, but we all as businesses have credit profiles that are linked to our EIN number. So there are three reporting agencies, Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian, which we're familiar with the Equifax and Experian on the consumer side, and they handle commercial credit reports, business credit reports. These commercial credit reports are linked to our business EIN numbers here in the United States. And our business could build credit really the same as you can as a consumer. So you use your credit profile to get credit cards, to get loans, to get auto loans, to get mortgages. Business credit's exactly the same thing, 
but it does it for businesses. So people build a business credit profile score, use it to get credit cards, loans, uh, you know, real estate, even auto vehicle financing. But a lot of it doesn't require a personal guarantee or a personal credit check because when you do it properly, you're separating the two. Your business has a credit profile. You have a credit profile. And ultimately what you're doing is you're giving your business the ability to use its credit profile to fund itself so it no longer needs your guarantee and your money to fund the business. You're building a credit profile where the business can basically fund itself. Okay. So now when you say do it properly, what's the difference between doing it properly and not doing it right? Um, Because you hear of things where it's tied into your personal, um, you know, social, that sort of thing versus completely, it's the business's line of credit and what's considered right and wrong and how to do that. Well, I think that, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that we see people make is that when you see a credit application with the social security field, you are conditioned to provide your social security number. And, you know, credit issuers kind of depend on that. They like that. They like the novices, the newbies, the the companies that are smaller that don't have CFO and financial savvy people working within them. Um, They like the fact that we are conditioned just to give the social because it's asked for. But the reality is, is that you're not required by law at all to provide a social security number when it's asked for. And what a lot of people don't know is that, you know, if you go to apply for a Staples commercial credit card, they're going to ask you for your social. But what a lot of people don't know is that if you left the social security number field blank, if you never provided it, then what happens is they're going to then make the decision based on your business credit quality. They're, they're going to take your EIN. They're going to pull your business credit profile. If your business credit profile is strong enough to quit approved, then you get approved for the exact same credit card. The limits are typically higher because it's a commercial credit card and you didn't provide a social. You didn't provide a personal guarantee. So now you're not personally liable. The credit reports on your business credit report, not your consumer credit report. And the lending decision, the decision to issue credit, isn't based on the quality of your current consumer credit. They don't even have your social to pull the consumer credit. They're making the decision solely based on your commercial credit quality instead. That's a good way to think about it, right? Because let's say you're the you know CFO of a publicly traded company and you're applying for that line of credit. You're probably not putting your personal social on that uh on that application, sure. you're using and the that, EIN. It's all right. linked to that, to the business. Yeah, and we know this, right? Like, we know that Michael Dell is not providing a social and signing for a $100 million credit line that Dell is getting. We know that big companies don't do this, but we think it's because they're big companies. But the reality is if you pull Dell's credit report, you're going to see over 100 trade lines. If you pull Apple's, you see 138 on just Experian alone. You know, So what happens is these companies are getting these large amounts of capital, not because they're big companies, but because when you look at their credit report, they have hundreds of trade lines that are paid as agreed. They have good scores that reflect that they pay their bills. The credit bureaus are recommending they be lent millions of dollars. What a lot of people don't know is even a startup can take the same steps and have the same result that the big companies have because they all started the same place that even startups start. They started with getting initial accounts that report on the business credit reports, getting more and more. The more they get, the more access to capital they have, et cetera. Okay. So getting that first account though, is there some sort of trick to that where, you know, it's like a, uh, a 16 year old getting the first credit card where you have to get like the small one and then kind of step your sure. way up. Is it like that? Or what do you kind of do to get started? 
Well, it's a great question because what it comes down to is this, is that first of all, consumer credit, you could build without even knowing you're doing it. Like if you go to Staples or Walmart or Amazon or get a Visa card, it all reports on your consumer credit reports. But in the business world, it's not, it's completely the opposite. 97% of credit that's out there doesn't report on the credit reports. So you have to be very intentional when you build business credit. You have to go in knowing that there is a formula to do this, knowing you're getting credit with credit issuers that do report to business, not consumer. So a perfect example, that's Capital One. Capital One is a Spark credit card, and it's a business credit card. But the problem with that is, is that it reports on consumer and business credit reports. So if you don't know that, then you get the credit card, it shows on your personal credit report, and then as you use the credit card, it hurts your consumer credit score. So in the business world, instead of going to secured credit cards, like you mentioned, that we're used to when you're young, and you're doing it on the consumer side, we use what are called vendor accounts. And vendor accounts are not secured. What they are is they give you terms like net 30. So instead of it being revolving where you spend a thousand, you have a minimum payment of 25 bucks till you pay the thousand back. With vendor accounts, if you spend a thousand on a net 30 account, you have 30 days, i.e. the net 30, to pay that whole thousand dollars back. It's not revolving. So it's better than secured, but not as good as revolving. And it gives you a period of time like 15, net 30, net 60 days to pay back that amount that you use. So some examples here are Uline and Quill, a perfect example. Quill sells over a million type of products, really very familiar with uh, with office supplies and with marketing flyers and things like this. Uline sells shipping supplies. Well, these companies, if you went to their, their website, you put $50 worth of stuff in your shopping cart, you go to check out, they give you a clear option of invoice me or something similar. If you choose invoice me, you notice you could complete the order without ever giving them your social. They don't even ask for your EIN. They're not asking for a credit card. And then all of a sudden you get an email that says they shipped your item. Well, they just extended you credit and they report that credit to DMB and Experian. So now you're getting real credit you can use for your business. You're easing your cash flow needs and you just got your first business credit accounts that then report to Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, Experian. That populates a credit profile and score with you. And now we're on exactly the same course as consumer credit. The more credit we get, the more credit we're recommended for, the higher our limits get, the more sources will then approve us for more credit. Hmm. And is that the same? Because I know I've seen when you work with new manufacturers before, um, you're opening vendor lines of credit with them also. Is that the same sure. thing? And do they also report to the credit bureaus? So that That's kind of extends? It's a great point. I mean, a lot of vendors will extend you credit, but what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of times they're using your credit profiles to make the lending decision. So there's all kinds of credit profiles and credit scores, there's credit scores for suppliers. There's scores that predict your likeliness of defaulting that are based on your past performance, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens is suppliers, and we'll use suppliers as an example, suppliers are using your business credit report to determine if you should get approved, how much to give you and the terms they give you. It's all based on the business credit report that they're pulling. So they're pulling business credit reports to make those lending decisions and, and or credit issuing decisions in a lot of cases. But 97% of trade vendors don't report. So it's very likely that the vendors you're working with will extend you credit, but don't report the credit. And that's why it's a good idea to ask them, do you report this credit to a reporting agency? Which one? Okay. So that's something you can ask a vendor and say, sure. you know, go, okay. Cause but I've also seen before fairness, where, oh, go on. it's a good idea to ask more. If you're dealing with a company like Quill or Uline or, or a big company, 
I always recommend call, ask them, hang up, call back, ask somebody else, hang up because they, they're frontline people don't know a lot of things. Yep. Like you might ask somebody at Quill, do you report the reporting agencies? They say yes. And then you say, which one they say D and B you call back and you ask the same question. They'll say, no, they don't report. So I've kind of found the call a few times to see if the answer is the same. If it's not kind of keep calling or talk to a supervisor, try to talk to somebody that has the answers because usually underwriting divisions in these companies know those answers frontline reps they don't know and unfortunately in a lot of cases they have a tendency to guess versus just tell you they don't know or guide you to where to get the real answer but you can definitely ask okay yeah i've definitely seen the situation before where you sign up with a new vendor also and instead of even looking at the um agencies they basically ask you for other vendors that extend you line of lines of credit um so that's one of those is that a case where they're not looking at the agencies but they're just they're trying to figure out through your other lines of credit that you're reputable? There's no way of knowing without asking them okay. if they look at your business credit reports. But I can tell you, you know, for example, we've had an account with Experian where it's $7.95 for us to pull a commercial credit report. So you better believe that if I'm going to give you a credit line for hundreds or thousands of dollars, I'm going to spend my $7.95 to know everything I need to know about your company. So you can ask them if they're pulling their credit reports or not. And it's a good idea too. But you bring up a good point. Having trade references also helps. So, you you know, a lot of the cell phone companies, Sprint and T-Mobile, for example, they will give you credit, um, but it doesn't report to the business credit reporting agency. They'll extend you credit based on your business credit profile and score without even providing your personal information, but they don't report it. But they still have a benefit because they could still classify as trade references, and as trade references, that's what a lot of these credit issuers want to have. But if you have business credit reports, you just use the people you have credit with as the trade references. So again, you know, just, it's just logical. If, if somebody's going to extend you money, they're going to look at the information they have to know if you're a risk or not. Business credit reports are so cheap, so easy to access, and they don't need your permission to get it. But in most cases, suppliers, credit issuers, lenders, they're all looking at these commercial credit reports to make those kind of decisions. Oh, so they don't need to ask for us before they actually pull the report. It's not like a personal thing where you have to, you know, authorize... So what we're used to is we're used to credit being governed because of, there's a law called the Fair Credit Reporting Act in the United States. And the Fair Credit Reporting Act came about in the 70s where the credit bureaus were doing like just – I mean – crazy things. Like they were literally paying their employees bonuses based on the more dirt they could get about you, whether it was like, I mean, like literally if you were going to get divorced, they would sell that divorce. They would sell that data to anybody that wanted it. So then regulators came in when it started to get computerized and they came out with this law called the fair credit reporting act. And the fair credit reporting Act has a lot of restrictions, but one of the restrictions is, is that somebody can't pull your consumer credit report without what's called permissible purpose i.e. your permission. In the business world, there is no Fair Credit Reporting Act. There is no regulation that governs the reporting of commercial accounts. So these creditors, credit issuers can do whatever they want to do. They don't need your EIN or social to pull your credit report. They only need your name and address, nor do they need your permission. But what's scary about that is that anybody can do the same thing. If you go to Dun & Bradstreet to get a credit report, the very first question they ask you is, do you want a credit report on your company or somebody else's company? So and when you sign up for their program to get your credit reports, they give you access to other companies' credit reports as well. So anybody can get it. 
prospects, clients, competitors, anybody that wants your business information can easily access it without needing your permission to get it. Hmm. So when you said earlier, the number of uh, trade references that Apple has, that Dell has, that's because you can basically just look at that and you actually know that information. Um, Absolutely. You know, it. during the election, um, I did credit reports on all the candidates. You know, I, we, we reviewed Donald Trump's credit report. We reviewed Hillary Clinton's credit report, you know, company's credit report. So, you know, it, it's very easily accessible. And again, $7.95 is all it costs to be able to go in and get those because it's public information. It's available to anybody that wants it. So the commercial credit quality of a business is publicly accessible data. Um, um, whereas your consumer credit report is privileged, and that's something that somebody cannot get legally without your permission. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know. So now, once you get those trade lines of credit, and you want to start growing from there, is the goal to grow the dollar value or the um, the length of time and go from net 30 to next 60? Or where do you kind of go from there? What's kind of the next well, step? Well, you really start a couple steps back. I mean, okay. the, the first step you want to start is understand that when you're applying for credit, that there's an automated system that's making a decision. We all know this, right? We go and you apply for a Chase credit card, one of two outcomes. You either get approved, it tells you the limit, or you get that dreaded message that you'll hear by mail in seven to 10 days. And that's never a good notice. It's always why they turned you down. Now, what you might not know is that, again, the Fair Credit Reporting Act is the one that requires the credit issuer to send you that notice by mail that you are denied in which bureau you're pulling. So very important to know because a lot of people don't even know their business credit's being accessed because when they're denied, there's no law that requires you be served a notice to tell you that you were denied and that they even looked at your business credit reports. So the first thing to know is that when it comes to credit, these are all automated systems. So in order to get approvals, you need to understand how these systems work. So what they're doing is looking at a, a series of a checklist to see if you're legitimate, credibly, visually reputable. Um, for things like, are you using, a, do you have a business website, a professional website? Are you using a professional email address? You don't want to use Yahoo and Google type email addresses. You want to use, you know, your name at yourcompany.com. Um, you want to use a business phone number or a voice over IP. You don't want to ever use a home phone or a mobile phone. Um, you want to use a business address or a virtual address, home address at last resort. You never want to use a PO box or a UPS address. You want to get a fax number. You want to get a toll-free number. And most importantly, all of your business data needs to be the same. Yahoo and Bing and Google need to have the same phone number and address as what you're putting on your Secretary of State records in your application. If it's different, then that alone can be denied. So we just saw a denial the other day from Amazon because the phone number wasn't exactly the same on the application as what they found online with an online search. So once you have all this perception of a credible business, right? Because a credible business, a HP has a fax number, right? That even though we don't really send faxes anymore, that's not a field you'd ever want to leave blank because it just makes you look unestablished. So if you fill out an application. Is someone actually checking this? Like when you say professional website, is someone actually going to the website and visually looking at it? Think of it like this. It's not the visual looking at. On loans, yes, absolutely, no. without a doubt. On credit, not so much. But if you left the field blank, indicating you don't have a website, well, I mean, nowadays, if you don't have a website, it's it's almost impossible to look legitimate and credible. And, and that's not my opinion. That's just from credit issuer and lenders, the way they look at it. So the worst problem with credit revolving automated approvals is leaving that field blank, leaving the fax number Got field it. blank. 
If you leave a fax number filled blank, are you going to get denied because of that? No, but it's a strike against you. And when you get enough strikes, then they're like, whoa, we just, you know, this person has no credit. They, they have all kinds of red flags here indicating they're not even really a legitimate business. That's going to prevent you from getting approved, especially as you initially start to get these approvals. So set up that business credible. You know, the second thing is go and see if the reporting agencies have something on you now. Uh, again, something we're not used to is in the business world, if Experian and Equifax know you exist, if they know your business name address and your SIC code, they automatically populate a credit report for you and give you a failing business credit score and put you at the highest risk score you can get of something that's referred to whether or not you're basically going to file bankruptcy. So just being in business and not having a credit profile, they will literally score you as if you are near verge of verge bankruptcy. So do a free search. Now, we have a, a place on our website, creditsuite.com forward slash reports, where they can do an experience, Equifax and DMV search. You type in your business name, the state that you're in, either something pops up or it doesn't. And if it doesn't pop up, you're good. You're starting from scratch. If it does, it probably makes sense for you to get your credit reports because they have something reported about you that you maybe want to see. You want to see if your score is a failing score. You want to see if they have accounts now that you didn't know they had, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in this step, you also want to get your Dunn's number from Dunn & Bradstreet, which you can go to creditsuite.com forward slash Dunn's to get that without paying thousands of dollars as well. We'll, we'll so, link to that also in the show notes so people have yeah, that. And, that, that'll help. So that way everybody kind of has a free free access to get to where they need to be. So set up the business credibly, step one. Step two, get do a free search. Get your Dunn's number. Then you move on to getting the Uline, the Quill, um, you know, the Granger. These are all vendors that will offer you business credit without a personal guarantee and credit check. They won't even ask for your social as long as you set up the business credibly. Got your phone number listed with 411. Got your EIN, your entity, the basic business set up. And these are all um, like um, general business needs like office supplies that sort of thing that you know purchase oh. something from them yeah quill office supplies uline shipping supplies granger's more of an outdoor supplies kind of company we use granger to buy flashlights we buy batteries we buy first aid kits it's all stuff that we need for the office but if you work outdoors Granger's, you know, heaven. They have everything there. But if you work indoors, you might struggle at Granger to find things you need. But look at flashlights, look at first aid kits, look at batteries. These are things everybody needs. And these will get guys are unique because they'll give you credit when you have none. Um, they'll give it to you as a startup, but they all report it to the business reporting agencies and don't require a social to get it. So when you have a handful of these types of accounts, about five of these type of accounts, then what happens is those accounts will then report to the business credit reporting agency once you've used the account and paid the bill. And business credit scores are completely based on how you pay your bill. So you need to make sure you pay as soon as you possibly can. So when I order something from Uline and Quill, when they email me and notify me that my item is shipped, I immediately go online and I pay that bill. Before I, they even send me a bill, I pay it. Now, Office Depot and Staples won't let me do that. When they notify me they ship an item, they still won't let me pay until they populate a bill. But I check daily, and as soon as they let me pay, I pay well before I ever get the bill because whether I pay the bill a week early or on time really literally determines whether my score is an 80 or 90, for example. So you got to get those handful of accounts. Once you have a handful of accounts, then you start moving on to revolving credit. So you move from the net 30, the net 15 to the next stage. When you say 80 or 90, just to make sure I understand 
is it out of 100 or what's kind of the range that we're looking at? There's a lot of different business credit scores. Okay. It's, it's very common for you to pull a commercial credit report with Experian and C5 credit scores. But the main scores in the business world range from 0 to 100, with 100 being the best score you can get. Okay. If they know you exist and you have no credit, you're immediately given about a 27 to 129 score. You mess up. You pay your bills late. You pay you, – you could be well below that. So, for example, with Dun & Bradstreet, an 80 score – literally, literally means that you paid your bills as agreed. That's exactly what it equates to in a score. Uh, they call it paying promptly, paying on time. But if you paid 90, then what that means is it means you paid during the early discount period. You paid before you even had to pay the actual bill. If you had 100, well, then you could expect payment to come early. That's exactly what that score means. So your score literally translates to how you pay your bill. So for example, if I look at, and I keep this on my board, if you have a 50 score, then it, it literally means you pay 90 days on, on, on average. Hmm. That's what it translates to. So you want to pay the bill as early as possible because how early you pay will translate to what your actual score is. Gotcha. Okay. So once you've done this, once you've got these kind of vendors, then you move from the net 15, net 30, net 60 to revolving. Boom, that's the next step. And you get the Dell, the Apple, the Amazon, the Staples, the Office Depot, the Lowe's, and Home Depot. Most major retailers offer this kind of credit without a personal guarantee. And revol a personal revolving guarantee. is more of a way of thinking in like a credit card, like that sort yeah. of, yep, gotcha. Exactly. The you spend a thousand, you get a bill for a minimum payment of twenty five bucks. You know, you could pay it off for as long as you need to pay it off. So, these are the kind of credit cards we're all used to, and that's the kind of stuff you can get to in about sixty days once those first round of accounts start to actually report. So, you want to get those initial vendor accounts and then set up credit monitoring. So, you can actually go to creditsuite.com forward slash monitoring, and on that link, you can get for twenty four bucks a month Experian and Dun and Bradstreet credit reports. Okay, through our NAV integration, it's the cheapest that reports are available anywhere, even through NAV themselves. And then you can monitor them. You see these accounts reporting, you know you have five or more, then you can move on to the store credit, the Staples, the Office Depot, et cetera. When you get to about eight accounts, then you can move on to fleet accounts. These are Sunoco and these are Exxon. This is for fuel and gas or for gas and auto vehicle repair, maintenance, et cetera. And then when you have about 14 accounts reported, that's when you get to Amex, Visa, MasterCards, et cetera. And as you've gone through this process, your limits will get higher and higher and higher and higher. So whereas in about six months, it's very common to see thirty to $50,000 individual limits on each one of these cards you're getting. Hmm. Okay. So kind of now, once you got beyond that, when do you start getting to the actual, you know, business loans and that sort of thing? Is that kind of the next step or where do you kind of go from there? Well, you have to keep in mind that, you know, revolving credit, uh, the 30, the 40, the $50,000 individual credit cards, these are based on automated approvals. The minute you click over to loans, the minute you click over to credit lines, now what happens is now you're adding in a manual review. So point, your business credit is important. It will help determine whether you get approved or not, the, the rates and terms you'll pay, the amount you get approved for. But it becomes not only, it's not now, it's not the only factor that's looked at. Now they're looking at sales. They're looking at revenue. Sometimes they look at collateral. Sometimes they want to see personal credit. So it just depends. If you have collateral, 
you can still get a lot of money without a personal guarantee. So for example, you can still get account receivable financing that's out there and you can still use your 401k or stocks as leverage to get financing without a personal guarantee. But when you don't have collateral as security, in a lot of cases, it becomes more common that you have a personal guarantee and a personal credit check, unless your business credit is ridiculously well established. You know, when you get to a point of 20, 30, 40 plus trades, your credit report shows your revenue data, your credit report shows your employees, then you start to get away from the personal guarantee. But it's really practical that even when you built the business credit, you can walk in and get a $50,000 Amex credit card, but to get a $50,000 loan, you're probably still going to have consumer credit. You're probably still going to have personal guarantees involved until you really build a seven, eight figure business where you can start getting away from that. Okay. So that'd be some time before you start getting to that level of credit, basically. Sure. And, and what I say is, and, and this is where so many people are deceived, right? Because we talk to people, we say, well, what do you need? Well, I need a $50,000 loan to get the business off the ground. Okay, well, what are you going to spend the fifty grand for? Well, I need $15,000 in office supplies. I need $10,000 in furniture. I need $10,000 in computers. Well, so you don't need a $50,000 loan. What you need is you need $20,000 at Dell. You need $30,000 at Staples. You need $20,000 at Costco. Now you have the office supplies. Now you have the furniture. And now you have the computer. So now how much do you need? Well, I need 10. And that's the conversations that we're, we have a lot, you know, as people come in and say, I need 50 loan for this. But when we really look at it, they don't need that. What they need is they need 20 grand at Dell and 20 grand at Apple and 30 grand at Best Buy and 40 grand at Staples. And when we get them this, it's well more than they could ever need. Then they need 10 grand for payroll. And it's payroll that they really need the line of credit and the loan for. So that's my best advice is that the one thing you need to know about any kind of lending is it's really hard to get one chunk of money that's a higher amount of money from one source. They, the more you ask for, the more they scrutinize you. You're better off to get smaller amounts through different sources because the the uh, it's so much easier to get approved, especially when it comes to credit where it's automated approvals. You're just getting these boom, immediate, without having to go through this manual process without supplying revenue and collateral and credit checks, et cetera. So what do you need? How much money do you need? What do you need the money for? If you think about that, then what you're going to realize is that your Amazon, your Walmart, your Dell, your Apple, you can get most of what you need from these guys. And it's much easier to get that kind of credit automated. And then you're left with a much smaller amount that you actually need a credit line or loan for. And then it's much easier to get that line and credit line and loan through even a Square or a PayPal or a source like that that easily can lend you the money. So you're really talking about breaking up you know, that big $50,000 chunk into smaller separate lines of credit with different vendors. So each one only takes five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 of the responsibility on their products, which that's of their gross value, right? So they're not even, it doesn't even cost them that much. Um, so each one is actually lending you a much smaller amount, much smaller risk for them. And then you're just that little bit of unsecured to pay payroll or, right. you know, stuff but that you can't get through the vendors. That's what you're going to yeah. have to take on. But, but credit in the commercial world, if you have established business credit, it's really just giving out like candy. I mean, you know, you're not getting $5,000 limits. You are in the beginning, but within four months, three months, you're moving to $20,000 plus limits. And the first card that hits your report with the $20,000 limit, everybody else follows suit, right? And you've seen this before in the consumer world. Like, you know, Walmart raises your limit and then boom, the rest of your card issuers start sending you notices they raised your limit too because they're all aware 
sure that the higher limit accounts win. Those are the ones that you keep in your wallet because, you know, maybe you need to buy a car on your credit card so you keep it with you. So the higher limit accounts are the ones that are most commonly used. So you're going to get to twenty to $50,000 limit accounts at most of these stores. So when, when we talk to people, this is really what it comes down to is what do you need the money for? You don't need a loan for this. Don't try to go as a startup and get a $50,000 loan. That's ridiculous. Look at what you need the money for. If it's furniture, if it's office supplies, I mean, what doesn't Amazon and Walmart have that you could possibly even really even need, you know? And so that's the way I explain it is what do you need the money for? Once you know that, then it's easier to look at the easiest and fastest way to get that. And in most cases, it's using revolving credit to get it. It's not the loan in the credit line. Then that frees you up to only needing a much smaller amount of a loan or a credit line. And then that's much easier obtainable. Now you got the loan in the credit line to cover your payroll. And then you've got the Dell for the computers and the Apple for computers and the Amazon for everything else and the Walmart for everything else and the Costco for supplies and the Office Depot for all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Yeah, I remember back in the day with e-commerce, the um, first time I approached a vendor about a, a business line of credit, um, obviously rejected that sort of thing, and then ended up putting that on credit cards, business credit cards, paying that off you know, as fast as I possibly could. And then at some point, then approaching another vendor, they approved it. Going back to vendor one, then they approved it. And then at that point, sure. all the vendors just started approving it. And right. um, yeah, we were able to pay net 30, net 60, net 90 in some cases um, on products that we we're purchasing. Right. Well, that's what it comes down to is you got a computer that goes, okay, you know, processes information. Is this business look credible? Da, 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 cha, 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 get credible. Now, boop, credit report comes in. Good score means pay the bills is agreed. But is it a fake you can get a 9,600 score with one account reporting. They know this. So now they divert and they start looking at how many trade lines do you have? Yep, five, seven, eight, ten trades. You got now you've got depth. Now you've got a score. Now you've got a legitimate, credible business. What's your highest limit? 25. Boom. Here you go. You're approved for 30. And this is how computers just process their algorithm. This is how their algorithm processes data within a fraction of a second to give you a decision. And that's what it's looking at. So you set up the business credibly, you add the trade lines, you pay the bills. Now you have a good score. You have a deep profile, meaning you have a lot of trades. Now you have the credibility, and then you just get the automated approvals. And as you said, once the one guy comes in and approves you, and then they're giving you 25, well, the next one gives you 30 because you've shown you can manage $25,000, $30,000. So they're not going to start you at 30 when you have five. you know. Yep. And this is what's interesting. When we talk to people that start businesses, they want a $50,000 loan, but the highest amount on their credit report is $5,000 credit card. It's like nobody's ever going to give you 10x what you've shown you can handle. So these credit issuers in the consumer and commercial space, their approvals mimic the highest approvals they're seeing on your commercial or consumer credit reports. So the more credit you get, the more the limits raise, the higher the limits, the more uh, the more money becomes accessible to you. That's kind of what I found. They all will give you an approval on one stair step up from the next highest approval. Like right. you can only ever go one step up and the next yeah. one will go one step up, but you have to keep sure. doing that step. Um, yeah, and if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, would you want to give somebody 50 grand if they've only shown they could ever responsibly handle 30? Probably not. On a stretch, you want to give them 33, 35. That's about 10, 15% more than they've shown they can handle. Now they manage 35. Now you're okay to give them 40, 42. So it's just, it's this step process and nobody's going to take you from low to high. But the, here's the great news. Now you're getting loans. Now you're getting credit lines. They're pulling your commercial credit report. They're seeing $30,000 
limit, here 50000 here 60 here 40 Now it's much easier to get that $50,000 loan because you've got a multitude of accounts showing you can handle limits of 30, 40, 50, 60,000. And this is when the world starts to open up on loans and credit lines. You're right. They will not just look at credit at that point, but you're, again, your business credit will determine if you'll get approved, the rates and terms you'll pay, and how much you'll get approved. The credit reports even say a credit recommendation of this is what we recommend this person even be issued in credit. Okay. That is helpful. So when you're getting started, is there anything you'd recommend people definitely don't do as kind of uh, you know things to stay away from, any gutches where you'd be kind of shooting yourself in the foot? Absolutely. The, the two, two things we've kind of kind of skipped over and talked about. Never provide your social security number on an application for credit. Look, loans and credit lines, you're going to have to. You'll be well established before you'll be able to get away with that. And when that day comes, your CFO will tell you that day has come. But in the beginning, understand that any credit card, if you want to be on your commercial credit report, if you want to do it the right way that we're discussing here, you got to leave your social security number off the app. The minute you provide the social, you're providing a PG and you're providing a personal a personal credit check. A PG, by, by that I mean personal guarantee. The second thing to know is don't skip steps. Don't go, hey, man, Charles interviewed this guy and he said I could get a Bank of America credit card for 50 grand. I'm going to go to Bank of America and apply without giving him my social. Remember, we talked about a whole series of steps up to that point. You know, you can't walk into Bank of America with no consumer credit and get a credit card. You can't walk into Bank of America with no commercial credit and get a credit card either, nor can you Staples. But if you walk into Staples with five trades, well, then Staples will approve you. If you walk into Bank of America with 14 trades, well, then they will approve you. So it's it comes down to you've got to follow these steps, the amount of credit, the limits you're going to get, the amount of credit, the sources that will give you credit become more accessible the more trade lines or the more accounts that report on your commercial credit reports that are reported. The more accounts that report, the more doors that open. You can't just go to the final step. You have to start with the credibility, you know, getting your DUNS number, building the vendor account, the store credit, the fleet credit, and then that final tier of the Visa card, the MasterCard, the, the car loan through Ford, for example. Okay. That is super helpful. I think that definitely, um, it's probably a good place to wrap it up. I think that uh, gave a lot of great information, good place for a lot of people to start. Um, if people want to learn more information about you or some of the um, some of the references you gave, where can people find you and contact right, you? Right, right to our website, uh, creditsuite.com. That's creditsuite, S-U-I-T-E. So creditsuite.com forward slash E-I-N. And at creditsuite.com forward slash E-I-N, there's a great free guide that maps out the exact steps to build business credit. Uh, and then right there, if, if anybody grabs that guide, we'll also send more information regularly through email about getting business credit, getting loans. Because Charles, we didn't get a chance to dive into that, right? I mean, there's all kinds of loans and credit lines that are available without credit checks as a startup, et cetera. So when they grab that guide, we'll send more information about that type of thing too, just so you know the, 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 the person grabbing the free guide can access as much capital as possible to grow the business. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, add a link to that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to find you, we'll have all your contact info, and that'll, um, that'll be good. Thank you. That sounds good. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hopefully, this helps the audience, and if there's ever anything I can do in my world to help, then uh, just reach out and let me know. All right. Awesome. Great talking to you. Same here. Thanks, Charles. Thanks. Have a good one.